0: spotlight with sarah hendy brought to you by the isle of man arts council faster my it's sarah hendy here with you until half past six this evening tonight we'll be speaking to dr chloe woolley of culture Vanin and grania sheard from the isle of man arts council about what's on your doorstep we'll also be speaking to musician john marlowe one half of the canadian british band uphill and still who will be coming to the isle of man on the 28th of february If you can't stay with us till half past 6 this evening, don't worry. You can find us for free on demand or you can download the podcast or subscribe to our podcast at manxradio.com. First this evening, Dr Chloe Woolley, Manx Music Development Officer for Culture Vannin and Grania Sheard, who is the Isle of Man Arts Council's Arts Engagement Officer, join us to tell us about a new project which they're collaborating on, On Your Doorstep, which takes place which takes place in
1: March. So, Grania, Chloe, tell us, what is On our Doorstep? Well, on the 14th and 15th of March this year, um, um, Isle of Man Arts Council and Culture Van are joining forces to um, host On Your Doorstep Arts and Culture. And this is part of a bigger weekend um, that's organised by Visit Isle of Man. And for the first time, we thought we'd get involved and open up to arts and cultural groups around the Isle of Man. We've got four arts and cultural
2: hubs around the island in Peel, Douglas, Ramsey and Castletown where we are inviting groups, societies and clubs to participate, have information stalls, give demonstrations, um, offer taster events and have community art projects that the public can participate in just to encourage accessibility and awareness and, um, about what is on the island. You know, there's so much, we live and breathe it, but uh, it's nice to get a chance to showcase it all in one place and let people know who might not otherwise.
0: Yeah, it's amazing because, like, even though we live on the Isle of Man, we move in creative and cultural circles, we think we know everything that's going on. It's incredible what's happening that you're not aware of still.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, yeah, this is an attempt to to bring it all together at once and sort of wow the public with the amazing diversity of
0: of groups that are on offer. Who's getting involved so far? Because, I mean, it's it's quite a wide net.
1: Well, I, well, through Culture Vanan, we're taking charge of two of the hubs. So we're, we're taking on Ramsey, which will be in St Paul's Hall. And in Peel, we're going to be based in the Corrin Hall and the Centenary Centre. So we've got a range of stalls already set up. Um, we've got like um, the... Peel Heritage Trust, and there's going to be St. German's Bell Ringers there looking for new recruits. Um, the and Drama Group up in Ramsey, Ramsey Choral Society and the Music Society up there. And we're going to have Manx Lessons, so all of the hubs. Um, so big variety really. A um, little bit of swing dancing up in Ramsey as well. And, Gosh. Um, we're st- but we are still appealing for um, groups to come forward who would like to be involved and look for new membership. Also for festivals and um, venues that have got a program for events coming up.
0: Wow, it's it's such a good idea because you know if you can read a what's on guide and and that helps you fill your diary. But to be able to go and speak to the people involved and get a real feel for for what to expect is something else altogether.
2: Yeah, because it goes beyond the activity itself. Sometimes, sometimes it's the community and the people that you want to be more involved with, and the and the arts activity is is the is just the the entry point for that so it's really nice to meet the the folks involved and get a feel for um who, who you might want to spend your time
0: with on a weekly basis mm-hmm. And to do it all over one weekend, you can you can kind of do a tour of the Isle of Man, I suppose, in a similar way to the Isle of Man Art Festival, where you can make a weekend of touring the Isle of Man.
2: Definitely, yeah, yeah. You can um, because you don't have to just visit one hub. You could definitely visit all of them. There's something different
1: happening at all of them, mm-hmm. Um so we encourage that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on the Saturday, uh, we'll be in Ramsey, Peel, and in Castletown. Mm -hmm. from 11 till 4 and then in douglas on the sunday Mm -hmm. um, same time in the villa arcade yes yes yeah and the douglas one we imagine
2: be quite big because we're sort of expanding it to the youth Arts center in the villa arcade trying to encourage things happening on in both of those venues so um yes you can visit one or all three of the hubs on saturday and then pop over again to
0: douglas on sunday and see what's going on there Exciting times, and um, what a lovely collaboration as well. Have you have you worked together on anything before?
1: Well, not on this scale, perhaps, but we do have a good relationship with um, each other anyway, and we keep in touch with lots of on lots of matters, don't we? Yes. <laughs> the arts mm-hmm. council and culture cannon, but um, no, it's been really nice to work together on this, and um, hopefully it's the start of something.
2: There's so much overlap, even though um, you know we deal with very different um, aspects of culture in the arts, you know, culture van in with the traditional and the heritage and the language and was maybe a bit more um, contemporary uh, perhaps but, but there is always overlap with that and so it just makes sense to join forces and collaborate with this.
1: We're mm-hmm. hoping to create a, more of a directory out of this as well. Um, the Arts Council have already got a good directory on their website um, but we're hoping that we can enhance this and um, be good to um, have a list of all the heritage groups and Manx language classes um, and we'll have a little booklet available over the weekend to pick up mm-hmm. um, that people have the contacts and websites.
0: Lovely cross pollination as well. Like I know you're saying, you're discovering groups who exist around the island, and I'm thinking, gosh, every time I interview someone, I find about, I find out about something new that I had no idea about. Between the groups, it must. I mean, there's so much potential there for collaboration or shared events as well. It's uh, it's huge. Absolutely,
2: even yeah, we for the groups they can all network with each other and and. Do, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that's a really exciting thing that mm. would be good to, to keep an eye out of and, and see, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. See what
0: comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for any groups who are out there who might like to take this opportunity to sort of strut their stuff and uh, encourage new members, how, how do they get in touch with you? How do we find out more?
1: Well, for the Ramsey and Peel hubs, they can get hold of me um, through Culture Anon, and my email address is ManxMusic at Im
2: Yes, and for me, um, I'll be coordinating the Douglas and Castletown Hubs. And you can get me through the Arts Council website, which is iomarts.com, or directly email me. Um, I'm grania.sheard at gov.im. And for those of you who might not be familiar with that Gaelic name, it's g-r-a-i-n-n-e-y.sheard at gov.im.
0: If anyone thinks they're going to struggle with that, just contact us, spotlight at maxradio.com. <laughs> we'll make sure that you're put in touch. Well, it's something lovely to look forward to. Um, and you can't wear this idea out, why is it important that we engage with our native culture and heritage and with the arts engaging
2: with the arts is it has so many ripple effects in your life it's so good for your well-being and your sense of place and to 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 know that you can find that on the island as well it, it just entrenches your your own feelings towards where you're from uh, whether whether you were born here or whether you've moved here or you know if you live on the Isle of Man it's it's something that's going to connect you and ground you to the place far more if you're involved in communities and if you're involved in the arts and and shaping the way that the island is going in the future there's something really you know you really can't underestimate the benefit of of that
1: and through some of the cultural um, angles like um, having a little taste of Manx lesson, or having to go at some Manx dancing down at Castletown, um, it's a way. It's a like a brand new way for some people to access the culture that they might feel that it's not for them. And hopefully, people will um, get more involved and feel proud. And um, there's, we're actually organising a concert on the Saturday evening uh, in the Centenary Centre, which is. Um, The Manx year (laughs) and it's an evening of poetry, music, song, dance and drama and it's going to follow the calendar customs uh, through the year um, and feature lots of um, local acts so we're hoping that that might be quite an informative informative evening for people who haven't accessed Manx traditional culture yet, a little bit of language, music and dance through that way.
0: Well, I think it's something lovely to look forward to. And as you say, even if if you haven't been on the Isle of Man very long or don't plan to be, if you're here, it's part of your journey. So it's a lovely way to, to get to know the Isle of Man, I suppose, in a way. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man
1: Arts Council.
0: Now we'll be hearing from John Marlowe, one half of Canadian-British band Uphill and Still, who are gigging at the Peel Centenary Centre on Friday the 28th of February. John was kind enough to chat to me from outside his hotel in London, where he was staying overnight, waiting for someone arriving on a long-haul flight from Canada. Is it, is it a good friend who's coming over, or family or something?
3: Yeah, it's actually, um, it's a very good friend of ours. We've known each other since we were about 15, 16, and we've been playing music together since then. Um, He's actually going to be with us on the tour, so he's coming over for a month and will be around with us. Oh, no way! Length of the tour. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's amazing. What does he play? He
3: plays all sorts of things (laughs) banjo, mostly guitar and singing, and um, he's a wicked mandolinist as well.
0: You kind of, I know um, you've got sort of. What you call proper jobs, uh, grown-up jobs, in inverted commas nowadays. (laughs) Um, But uh, you you tour a lot. Like music is really sort of the central part of your life.
3: Yeah, we try to. I mean, it's it to be honest. It's been a while. We spent. um, I've got a visa right now in the UK for just coming up on the end of two years. So we spent a good chunk of that time writing and mostly just recording um, the new album that came out a little while ago. So, most of that time has been spent sort of in our makeshift studio, <laughs> but um now we're we're actually getting into playing again um more regularly we We were playing as much as we could um while working full time jobs and recording and stuff. but now we've basically quit our job and made this our full time endeavor once again
0: keeping that balance when you you get home from work you're exhausted the last thing on your mind is sort of having to come up with something creatively but I suppose uh, it sounds as though you've managed to keep that going through uh, through working um and living one of those again inverted commas normal lives <laughs> yeah
3: the passion as well right so it's, yeah it's, it's never really going to go away no matter what you're doing um it certainly has its ups and downs but just like anything I suppose
0: has it helped your creativity in any way at all um
3: that's a good question I think it will. I think that it will in the very near future. But overall, I think it's been, if I'm honest, quite a bit of a struggle with um, just kind of keeping it together as far as, you know, living in a different country. For me, anyway, personally, living in a different country, um, kind of having all of our time go either towards work or music when music is supposed to be sort of our... You know, and you have that thing that you fall back on when you're having a rough day. But if you're doing it because you have to, sometimes that can kind of get in the way and you kind of lose that passion a little bit. And I think we're really, really reconnecting with that now.
0: Yeah, it's the age-old problem, isn't it? If you make your passion your um, source of income or your day job, it can it can knock the magic out of it sometimes. Um, do, you ever, do you ever have those creative blocks?
3: Yeah, I definitely have blocks. I mean, I think any writer... <laughs> Regardless, or any artist, even really, would have um, you know, you sit down, and you're like, right, I'm gonna, I've got the time, I'm gonna write a great song, and you sit there and you tap your pencil for half an hour.
0: What do you do when you're facing that uh, blank page, as it were? How do you get yourself out of that rut?
3: For me personally, I just put it down. I put it down and I'll come back to it later, and it's amazing how much that can change things. Um, I've just started, well, actually, I shouldn't say that anymore, I've been playing for a little while now, but. Um, I play banjo a little bit and I'm kind of got a lot more into it over the last few years, but the biggest thing I've noticed is to not get stuck with it and sort of just put it down and come back to it, even if it's the next day and you realize how much you've actually learned or progressed or what you've written is actually great or, you know, terrible. (laughs) You can go from there and be fresh with it.
0: Yeah, it happens to all of us. I mean, I think we've all got a few uh, ugly pictures at the back of the wardrobe. Um, and your your <laughs> so to speak, um, your your sound is sort of uh rootsy, bluegrassy, uh, folk. How how were you yeah. introduced to music? How what what sparks it for you? What started your journey?
3: I was introduced to music at a very young age. Very fortunate. Um, I started playing drums. Um, originally a drummer. I started playing drums when I was I think it was six or seven years old and my family is quite musical so they had no problems once I started hitting things like pots and pans of getting me a drum kit and you know kind of putting me in the basement and just letting me go and from there it kind of just progressed into other instruments and I never really wanted to stop and I didn't think that I'd actually be able to live off of music but it's that's been the case a few times in my life now where that has actually come to a reality so yeah i'm very thankful that i was able to start when i was so young and and had such a freedom there to do so
0: yeah that's wonderful and i mean which which part of canada are you from um if you've got sort of folk influence in your music do you have any connection with uh canadian folk and and maybe even sort of the, the celtic trad that sort of is uh is in certain parts of canada
3: yeah, it's um, where I'm from. I'm from southern Ontario. So I'm from St. Catharines area, just outside Niagara Falls. Um, Welland, Ontario is my hometown. And I'm very lucky there again in that the whole Niagara region has a fantastic arts culture, whether it be, you know, web page design or physical art or music or poetry. It's so supportive there. And it's, it's something that really works off of one another you know if you have a band they need all those other things for promotion and if you have a if you're an artist you need somebody to promote your art so it really really works there um and I've traveled Canada quite a bit as well so I think that a lot of the influence comes from you know the east coast and that kind of Celtic side of things as well as just other acoustic acts too that we meet along the way
0: Looking at the, the number of instruments that you can play, I, I've never known anyone to play a washboard. And, and when I was listening to some of your tracks, I'm sure I heard like a kazoo in there or something. I mean, a real diverse range of instruments yep. there. <laughs>
3: there is definitely a kazoo in there somewhere. That's kind of a little party trick we like to pull out. Um, we call it the kazorn because it's actually, it's a kazoo, but we taped it up to this old car horn. I think it's something like the 40s or something that I found at some kind of junk sale. You can definitely have too much of it, but it's, definitely, it's fun to throw in every now and again.
0: And the washboard, what does what does that bring to the party?
3: The washboard, for me, has been an interesting sort of um, story. Because I was self-taught playing drums, um, I taught myself with really bad posture. So over the years, playing so long with repetition and the same kind of motion, I ruined my wrist, so I have carpal tunnel in both wrists. And long story short, eventually when... The doctor caught up with it. They found out what it was. They said, um, you kind of have to either stop playing drums now and uh, it should hopefully regenerate and come back to normal. Or if you keep playing, your wrist will kind of swell up and do all kinds of nasty things that you don't want it to do. And I said, right, okay. Well, I'm not going to stop hitting things. So I started watching all these old videos and I was really into kind of old jazz and old bluegrass and stuff. And... The instruments they play, like the washtub bass and the the washboard and they're instruments that were kind of grown out of just not having much money and not really, but not really letting that be a limitation. You know, they still were able to make music one way or another. And I just kind of thought, that's really interesting. So I really connected with it and found one at an antique store and kind of ran with it.
0: Gosh, that's uh, that's amazing. And um, carpal tunnel must be something that many of our listeners will be able to relate to if they if they play the drums or um or, or similar instruments. Um, how has how has that changed your playing since then? And and you as a person, I don't know, experiencing something like that which can cause real pain, can't it? Um, it must have changed things. Yeah,
3: it certainly has. Um, it, I kind of went through, if I'm honest, a bit of a dark period when that happened because it's a weird sort of feeling where the thing you've worked at the hardest to be the best you can be at is now kind of coming back to haunt you and all the work and effort you put into it is now turning against you and you've actually ended up hurting yourself throughout it. So it's changed a lot of the way I do things. Um, I ended up kind of (laughs) running into another topic, I suppose. Um, I sort of Dropped everything and ran off to New Zealand with a couple of friends. <laughs> and as that would lead, that's where I met Maddie. And I went over there actually with John, who is now coming to Canada tomorrow morning.
0: Oh wow! Wait, um, that's uh, that's <laughs> a lovely that's kind of, kind of, circle, I suppose. yeah full circle because <laughs> that was that was my next question. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you said that uh, you relied on music to put bread on the table, as it were, and. I suppose that's when you had a table because you have spent a considerable amount of time traveling and the um when you visit the Isle of Man it will be with your partner in crime Maddie. tell us a bit about yeah. how you met and um and and how you work as a team
3: I um we met because I was traveling in New Zealand I went with um two other friends John being one of them so we went to New Zealand with this crazy idea to cycle we got some bicycles and we just cycled as far as we could and there was kind of a fork in the road at one point of we can either take one way or we can go stay at this sort of free campsite for the night. And we were pretty tired. So we ended up going to this campsite and we went there for the night. And I think we stayed there for two weeks and it ended up being this really sort of magical kind of amalgamation of travelers and locals and just in this beautiful place as well. And we were playing music and Maddie came up and said, Oh, I play guitar. And then we all started jamming and, We ended up that we were going kind of in the same direction. We were headed towards a music festival at the time, and so was she. And we said, well, why don't you come traveling with us? So her being as crazy as she is as well, hopped (laughs) and somehow found a bicycle, hopped on it, and we decided to all cycle through the mountains together. And, you know, eventually we ran out of money and figuring we're musicians, we decided to use the only thing we know how to do or at least what we know how to do best and sort of just play music for money outside grocery stores. And it started out very, very kind of just for a bit of fun as well as the idea of, you know, there's no better feeling really than playing music for money in a hat and then turning around and walking into the grocery store and immediately changing it into like bread and your lunch for the day. Yeah, it didn't really end from there. (laughs) She spent two years in Canada and um, yeah, we did a a full, we went from the east coast of Canada across to the west and spent two years basically just kind of going back and forth up to the Yukon and back down to Ontario
1: gosh what a
0: gorgeous story thank you for sharing that with us and um <laughs> it's uh, it, it's just occurred to me that although you're canadian and i know you're accustomed to this weather you're outside you and- know,
3: it's actually beautiful though right now i'm Is happy it? to be outside of-
0: <laughs> and that's all we have time for this week thanks so much to our guests and thank you for joining us Tune in next week at 6 o'clock for a timely repeat of Aaron Ibanez's documentary Pride and Pardoning, reflecting on the evolution of laws against homosexuality on the Isle of Man. Thanks for your company this evening. Slend you.